Welcome to Screen Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist who was telling me I had bipolar. I was sent home with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using loud music as a form of therapy. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. Positivity. It's a hard word to hold on to these days. Never mind writing an album full of songs about flipping the negativity narrative. Shannon Eoff is the drummer of Knelt Before, a Pacific Northwest punk hardcore band that carries the concept of PMA, positive mental attitude, through their lives and their music. Shannon and her bandmates' goals are to inspire themselves and their listeners to find a guiding light in a world that often tries to pull a dark shade over us. And yes, I realize this is starting to sound vaguely religious, but the band's most important deity is being there for each other and the people in their lives. Shannon is a proud mom and now a grandma in her 40s. Pretty cool. Like most of us, she has loved ones that are dealing with mental health issues. She's learned to listen to them and support them however she can. She's also learned that bashing the drums in Knelt Before fuels her positivity. I'm Shannon Eoff. I am the drummer for the band Knelt Before, which is a hardcore metal slash pop punk band. We're out of Portland, Oregon, and our focus with our music and lyrics is towards a positive mental attitude or PMA. We're hoping to inspire people to, the album title is Be Nice, so be nice. And there's enough negativity in the world. It's like people have to have an outlet that is not that sometimes. The lyrics are encouragement for Mark's son. Mark is the lead singer and lyricist, and his son has autism. And he's trying to encourage him to have good principles in his life as he grows up. For punks like us who are older, let's just put it out there. (laughs) Some of us have kids. I have four myself. And to try to pass that punk ethos and the PMA positive attitude onto that generation who I think are dealing with way more than we did as far as stimuli outside forces, I guess you'd say. Your band talks a lot about those issues. Yeah. I myself have a couple of grown kids. So my kids are older, 23 and 20, and then I have a son-in-law who's 27. 
Um, I actually have a granddaughter now, which at 45 is pretty young, but I'm enjoying that a lot. She's about four months old. But yeah, my daughter had some tough teenage years and has diagnosis of bipolar. And the diagnosis has kind of wavered between type one or type two over the years. But during the teenage years, we were trying to figure out what was happening. And she was actually more of an advocate for herself than I was, or even her dad was. Um, so I, I was really encouraged by her pursuit of that. And now I've come to really understand her a lot better. And in my family, there have been a lot of historical mental health challenges, mostly on my mom's side, but some on my father's. And so uh, there's a little bit of genetic and environmental aspect to that. So I just got back from a presentation to a high school class and it was a class of maybe 20. And afterwards, two people came up and said they were living with bipolar, which I also live with. All the stats say we're looking at between 2 and 3% of the general population. But I always wonder how many folks who aren't diagnosed, what those numbers would look like. Yeah. My partner is a non-binary human and is getting a doctorate at OHSU here in Portland. And the program is clinical psychology but is focusing on trans health, autism, and ADHD. So I'm constantly hearing what is being discussed in that world. And it's a very interesting cross between the adolescents, whether they're trans or just autistic or have ADHD, just the crossovers between the people groups. So I've been kind of fascinated to hear all of that. And I'm learning a ton all the time. The concept of PMA, positive mental attitude, came out of a band called Bad Brains from Washington, D.C. They're the first people to really coin that term. In a world where it's hard to be positive, how did you, as a band, address that as being one of your main tenants and then following through with it? It must be hard to be in a PMA band. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Mark Johnson, he's the main instigator of PMA aspect of the band. And I just got out of a band this past year called Tall Dark Whimsy. And it was kind of a cross between metal, punk, alternative, and all three female members in the band. We had one song that dealt with mental health some with a positive focus, but with this band, Mark has gone above and beyond to talk to the scene, you know, the hardcore scene and say, I've seen this, I've been in this. Some people are not living it out enough. Let's actually do this. The negativity is just, it's easy to go there. Like it's hard. So I think having a band that kind of stands out that way, it's an island, I guess, basically. And Mark wanted to you know, youth who are struggling or adults who are into this sort of music just really wanted it to be something that stood out. And let's do something different. There's nothing wrong with people expressing, hey, I have negative emotions, like I need to get this stuff out. That's an artistic expression. and It's totally valid in a lot of circumstances and not saying that that's wrong. It's just that this is something a little bit different to offer. It's a good way of life with straight edge. You know, I've admired I myself. I'm not personally straight edge, but I live a pretty clean life. And Mark and Don in the band are straight edge and they really live it out. 
Mark is a vegan and he volunteers and puts a lot of time into his communities that he's lived in. I'm a volunteer. Like I believe in trying to help out as much as I can. And affordable housing is more my cause, but on a local front, families, your friends, your circles, your scene, just push it up a little bit higher. And so we can function a little bit better. And then people with mental health issues, they naturally will hopefully be able to find support in that without getting too far into like a religion or something that is more programming oriented, but finding your own way. I've tried to write positive lyrics for my bands over the years, and it's it's hard. It's very, very hard. You would think it'd be easy, but the whole fight or flight, I think, leads people to the negative side, screaming out your emotions, this idea of scream therapy that I've wrapped myself around the last few years here with my book and my podcast. So what's it like? Because I'm picturing the jam room, people being super stoked on these positive lyrics, just having a grand old time. And you can definitely do that with venting lyrics as well. But to kind of bring us inside of that jam room. To be honest, Mark writes the songs. And then I was kind of filling in drum parts as we were getting ready to record and everything, just coming up with my own versions of what he had ideas for. So we actually weren't jamming together too much. We were doing the record, listen, give feedback. So we did talk a little bit about the lyrics, but we weren't actually in a jam room. This is a different kind of project than I've ever done, actually. But it's something that, you know, Mark was like, I have this idea for the band. I want to take it this direction. And it's something that I'm totally on board with. Having been around a lot of years, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily in a scene, but I've been around a lot of hardcore and punk scenes. I did have a punk band in the early 2000s in the Seattle area called Cossacks, and it was a more a regional band. But we definitely had those yelling lyrics and we had our dedicated fan base. I think that even though this isn't the same kind of band where we're jamming together in the same room all the time, we all want to push this idea forward. As soon as I read up on the band a little bit and looking at terms like PMA and positive and I think it mentioned like not cursing and yeah of course my mind skips right over to the Christian hardcore stuff or like the Harry Krishna stuff and we as a society don't really trust people who are too happy it's like well what's wrong with that person why are they smiling so much yeah we actually talked Mark and I for a little bit longer time when we were first discussing the formation of this project and the Hare Krishna thing came up and I've kind of known people in it I know what it's about but he has known people really well. He's been in bands with people of that mindset. And so we had discussions on that. And then I come from actually an evangelical conservative Christian background. So I was indoctrinated. Let me tell you all the programming that went into my upbringing that I've had to come out of. And so I've had where you're supposed to act positive, but on the backside, not everybody was living out their belief system that they said that they had. And so that created for me a lot of mental health challenges early on. And I think having come from that background, I just all about living authentically. And I myself, I'm of no religion at this point. You know, I do meditation and attend a Buddhist meditation center sometimes, but it doesn't appeal to me anymore, the religious aspect. And Mark did grow up Christian as well and has come away from that and learned the lessons that were good for his life. And so it's good to learn the positive things from those and then make it an authentic expression where you're actually pursuing thinking positive things and living a healthy life. 
eating well, you know, that contributes to good mental health and physical fitness and all of that help. So you're a drummer and there's a certain amount of release there, obviously pounding away on the skins. Yeah. For folks that aren't drummers or who've never really been back behind the kit, what's it feel like? It's amazing. So I definitely use it as an outlet. I've always been a real physical kid. I was always outside running or playing in the dirt or riding my bike somewhere as a really independent kid. So I was alone a lot just out in nature, <laughs> having that natural drive towards physical activity. Drums was something that I always knew I wanted to play when I was younger, but really didn't start into it heavily until I was 18 years old. But I have over the years really used it as a way to express my emotions. So I love dynamics because the range of if I'm in a quiet mood, I can play quietly. If I'm feeling aggressive, like I'll just turn on music that is really hard hitting and my favorite style to play is really the hard-hitting, high-energy, rock-oriented, no matter what style it is, really. There was a hardcore band that I was in in Portland early on, and that was when I was involved with the Christian underground alternative scene that existed at the time. So we had a band that was a hardcore metal band, and so I kind of started off with that and learned that I really loved hitting hard. So, But as a female, that's a whole other road that I could talk about too is there aren't that many female drummers that hit really hard and I think growing up in the evangelical Christian world as a female I wasn't always encouraged to be that more masculine edged feeling of aggression and things like that but I always had it in me and so it's definitely such a great release so yeah I'd encourage anybody who is at all into rhythm if you love expressing in that way, find a way to just smash things. It's, it's like good without smashing people, you know? <laughs> good for the mental health. Yeah. We were having uh, trouble with a printer here in the house a few days ago, and it got to the point where my wife just gave up on it. She'd spent a couple hours trying to fix it. My son was here as well, and I said, why don't we just go and throw it over the balcony here and <laughs> watch it smash? That'll make you feel better. And Sure enough, it did. Oh, uh, you did. Yeah, there's yeah. a certain... <laughs> certain amount of therapy and, and just being able to wreck things and let out those feelings and yeah. punk rock, drumming, screaming, thrashing around on the guitar is, is such a great way to do it. Yeah. And Mark Healthy. still does some screaming and yelling in our band. And, you know, no matter what the lyrics are, it feels really good to like get that feeling out. Yeah. And I would imagine even better when you're able to turn it around and be bringing forth some really important messages. Yeah. Thinking of bands like Gorilla Biscuits. like that that were able to turn around from the really angry hardcore which is great but yeah. to make it a bit more posy and I hear that in your music as well I I thought it was kind of funny at first the mix of hardcore metal and pop punk that Mark was doing but I came to really dig what he was doing and was able to really get in there and create some creative drum parts that were hard hitting but also pretty creative 
because that merge of styles is so unique. You don't hear that too often. You mentioned before about having folks in the autism spectrum in your life, and I have as well. And I've learned some things about how to be supportive with them and not try to fix their problems all the time. And that's been helpful. But I wonder, from your experience, how have you dealt with that? Well, I actually grew up with some cousins who were, one was, we used to call it mentally retarded, but now it's developmentally disabled. And he's older than me. uh, So he's actually 52. And he will never be able to live on his own. But I grew up around him and just learning the great things about him and what he was interested in, you know. And then I have another cousin who has Asperger's and he's really brilliant. He'll never be able to live on his own either, but he has memorized the heights of famous buildings around the world and he can actually draw to scale these buildings. And it's just fascinating. And I think with autism, it's this mix of brilliance and just they're on a different level with social cues and things. And so it produces such compassion when you're around people with that. And I would say it's not even really a disadvantage. And I would say in some ways, you know, they're more accelerated in some areas than your neurotypical human. And, you know, my partner, Kat, always talks about once they come home from clinic, they diagnose adolescents between 8 to 16 years old who may have not gotten an early diagnosis of autism but are suspected. And then Kat is always like, these are my favorite people in the world. I think there's a misconception that folks who are dealing with those kinds of developmental issues and also mental health conditions, that they don't have a lot to offer to society. And it's so much the opposite. The creativity that comes out of folks who are living with these conditions is amazing. And all the people in the creative world who live with these conditions, I don't want to say uh, advantage, but some sort of a boost in their creativity. Yeah. In fact, I would love to see as our society progresses and learns more about autism and the whole spectrum, and that includes Asperger's and people who might be on the spectrum, but are still highly functioning. And so they are living on their own and having jobs and things, but to find ways to incorporate their brilliance into how our society functions. So maybe like figuring out their strengths and have companies incorporate them into if they're manufacturing a product, have a better design, you know, like people with autism or Asperger's that can really hone in and perfect things because they're just on a higher level with so many things mechanically or engineering wise or whatever. I think that will actually benefit our society highly once we learn how to do that. Getting back to parenting, you mentioned that you have a daughter who lives with bipolar. From your perspective, as a supportive loved one, how does that condition look? Because, of course, for someone like me, I know how it looks to me and it's my life, but I'm wondering what a loved one sees in that condition, how a loved one deals with it, how a loved one tries to understand it. Yeah, I think it was, I mentioned many years of walking with her through figuring out what was going on. And chemically in her brain, you know, that just, there are these bouts of depression and mania that I, I am more neurotypical. I do have slower cycles. So I would say I'm a slower cycler in that aspect, but compared to her, I'm pretty minor in those cycles. So I've observed a lot early on, of course, as a parent, you think 
why don't you just change this? Why don't you just do this behavior differently? Or why are you so elevated? Why don't you just come down and calm down and, you know, we can talk it out or whatever. And that doesn't happen with people that are operating at that level in those moments, you know, in those times where the mania is happening, they're not going to be down to earth and grounded. It's just not going to happen. And so as a parent and trying to support her, I don't want to give too much of her sensitive life away, but it was just really concerning to see some of the behaviors that came about because of that condition and not understanding and just getting really frustrated and angry that this person who I love so much and dearly, who is a part of me, was choosing things that I felt was hurting them. And she has learned so much. She has studied and I'm very proud of where she's come. And it's something where I have learned how to give allowance for those cycles and having a baby. She studied up on, you know, what could happen with postpartum time. Things can go sideways sometimes. And so she studied up and has really worked on mitigating, being proactive ahead of time to avoid heavier cycling with that. And staying on medication is super important. We've talked over and over about before she was pregnant, you know, she would go off her meds sometimes and and it took a long time to find the right medication mixture. And it's different for different people uh, based on chemistry, but that she really figured out that when she goes off the meds, very negative consequences were happening. So she has very much for her baby. She's such a great mom and probably better than I was, you know, I've just learned to really look at the things that she has done. And I'm really sincerely proud of her and being able to keep together a family and a schedule of work and baby and her marriage. And more than anything, I find ways to be proud of her and find reasons to be proud of her and what she's done. How does she feel about you being in bands and pounding on the drums and <laughs> having people from all over the world listen to your music? When she was a baby, when she was a toddler, I actually used to take her to concerts and put, um, <laughs> nice. they had swimmers earplugs and her ears were just so small, you know, so I used to plug her ears up. But we used to go see like metal shows and punk shows, hardcore shows, whatever. In some of the places I could put her on the side of the stage even. So she was away from like any mosh pits going on or anything. So she actually will talk about how cool that was. My ex-husband used to bring her to see my band's shows. So she used to dance around and inspire <laughs> other people to kind of dance too. And it's a really interesting thing to hear her talk about it. But now she knows it's kind of a cool thing in her life, you know, that she can tell people, oh, my mom's in a, a band, you know, and this is get people on board to listen. My son, he's 20 and he's a little bit more shy about it, but he'll give me input on the music and you know, I like this, or I don't like that, or <laughs> they give me feedback. And overall, they're just proud of me that I've done something that I love. We're all the losers, we're all the loners. This one's for you. We're all the losers, we're all the loners. I'm just like you. We're all the losers, we're all the 
That was my conversation with Shannon Eoff of Nelt Before, neltbefore.com. I now have a Tee Public store where you can buy Scream Therapy merch. So head over to ScreamTherapyHQ.com, support the podcast, and get some fancy new duds. Big news over here in Scream Therapy land. The Scream Therapy book, Scream Therapy, A Punk Journey Through Mental Health, will be published this spring by Mansfield Press out of Toronto. The book features my story and the stories of others who use punk rock as a catalyst for mental health. To pre-order the book, go to ScreamTherapyHQ.com book. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Scream Therapy. I'm coming to you from Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada, on the traditional territory of the Klohomin Nation. Doing this podcast and talking to other folks living with mental health challenges has been a huge part of my journey. It means the world to me that you're out there listening. You can sign up for my newsletter and find more episodes at ScreamTherapyHQ.com. That's ScreamTherapyHQ.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Let's talk punk and mental health. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, take care and be well. If you